Holy shit. Here we go, Rockwell with Shotgun Jimmy, part two. Enjoy. Next, the onlys. With so I recorded you. that in at the farm. Okay. But the farm is where my brother lives. Okay. Uh, Johnny's farm. Town. Yeah, John's farm. We cool. call it Marsh Winds Farm. All right. So the onlys you did by yourself uh, with parts from Ilsa. Yeah, she sings on it. Yeah. Bedhead, and that you were also having fun at CHMA at the time, right? Or at oh, yeah. Did... Always had a radio sh uh, community college radio show. Yeah, and that was the second appearance of Dark Cloud. I remember meeting yeah. you at Duckies, probably the first time I uh, could contain myself to say hello. And I sat down next to you, and I was like, oh, that Dark Cloud song. And you're like, oh, yeah, thanks. It was kind of like, <laughs> uh, and then shortly thereafter, you played above Subway. Uh, that remember that gig? Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. That's when I was sort of feeling out the the one person band thing, like playing drums with my feet and playing guitar. And I think Chad inspired that, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I'd seen him do that uh, back when he came out to Chad do the Van residency. Galen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. 100% Chad ripoff. And, and so the onlys, we got a lot of songs you wrote when you were a kid, or at least a couple. Or, or yeah, maybe that's like, the impression. Yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, there's stuff from everything. So it's kind of like anything. So at that point, it was like, I have the freedom to do right. whatever I want now. It's I'm the onlys. Yeah. 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 It's only me, so I can do whatever I want. So I'm excited. <laughs> I like to talk about this stuff. I don't think about it very much anymore. So have you done this kind of show yet? Is this the first time? We talk about everything? No, I have done similar. Like I, I did a, an interview with John Clater last year, or maybe the year before, where we just talked about um, Ajax and growing up and that kind of stuff. But I've never done one that like talks about all of that and talks about all of the Shotgun and Jaybird stuff. And then... Like when Shotgun and Jaybird broke up in this conversation, I was kind of like, whew, hmm. that's a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, I heard. And that's like, now I got it. And then, but then it's like, but I mean, to think about it, it's kind of interesting because then as soon as I start telling you about it, then I go like, and that's when I met the Attack and Black guys. And yeah. I think about how important they are to me. Yeah. yeah and then I also, but the whole Julie ch saga before that. Oh my God. And, and then the yeah. Lady Hawk saga, because like Ryan Peters oh, from Lady yeah. Hawk is one I was of my ask closest collaborate musical collaborators to this day julie did a, did a tour with jason molina do you know anything about either yeah i played I mean, a couple of those sh those two those shows when i was in the julie band shotgun and jaybird weren't playing those right fuck yeah so that's when i met jason molina which is really cool he unbelievable yeah he, he Sad, was a very nice tragic man. cool guy and yeah and the lady hawk guys they're they were all pals with him whoa because they were both on jag jag he was uh, the 
he was oh yeah so fucking sad man oh yeah i love that and His music, yeah, so important to me. Such a- I would say that Field of Trampolines, I want to talk about that next, which is we're jumping <laughs> jumping way into the... We're, we're jumping decades? Or cruise, yeah, that's cru- right. <laughs> cruising past. Field of Trampolines. I uh, was really excited about this, and it was, it, it's very different from the other ones, in my opinion, but in a good, it is very different. awesome, yeah, yeah. expansive way. Who'd you do that with? Cool. That's the one where that's the one that Joel Plaskett produced. Oh. Yeah, Whoa. so that was one where so before that I had put out a seven inch with Joel. Yeah. So I played at Ian's record shop when it was at a different location to promote Still Jimmy. Yeah. I think. And yeah. Joel happened to be in town and getting ready to do a tour. And my friend Matt Charlton knew Joel and asked him if he wanted to open for me, which is hilarious. So then, so Matt was my publicist at the time. He used to have this company, Pigeon Row. Right. So his thing was like, I'll ask Joel this in-store. And Joel was just open to it. I don't know if Joel even really knew. I think Matt gave him some music to listen to. I don't think Joel really knew my music then. I could be wrong about that. Matt... (laughs) And he practiced, he like did a practice with uh, a couple bandmates. Like he was going to be on tour with Anna Aggie and um, uh, Peter Elkis. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, they, the three of them could just practice their thing live instead of. So that's when I met Joel, but didn't, didn't really meet him a lot because he was kind of a rock star playing at an in-store. Yeah. And it was like a secret show. Nobody knew he was going to be there, but then it was Where, Which store like was this? A few minutes. This was at Obsolete, at the first Obsolete oh. location. I don't know how many. Lo- so I played Still Jimmy, but Joel Plaskett opened for me, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I were friends, and we were t- like texting a little bit. But this, for me, texting, like I was this flip phone. I wasn't an early iPhone adapter. I was, I was a holdout with the flip phone. And uh, he... He was like, hey, man, I'm just like in, on tour in, Eng- in Ireland and I'm writing this song. I wrote this song like uh, and it starts out like Jimmy still Jimmy and I'm still me. <laughs> like he just thought I think that he thought that the idea of Jimmy still Jimmy was a funny. He thought he just thought it was a funny name for yeah. an album. Jimmy. Yeah. So he wrote this song, Jimmy still Jimmy. And then um and then he proposed the idea. He was like, this is kind of a weird idea. I want to do a split seven inch with you. Um, but, and I, like, he was, he was very like, um, like he was just like, don't do this if you don't want to, but if you wanted to write a song that had my name in it, like you don't have to write a song about me, but if you could do something that was like thematically about Joel, Correct. Yeah. it could be kind of fun or you could just do whatever you want. Don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm into it. You know, like when Joel Plaskett says, write a song about me, you write a song for Joel. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, then I wrote a song called That's Not Joel because I thought it was like Jimmy Still Jimmy. That'd be funny for the B-side to be That's Not Joel. And uh, then so after, from that experience, I went and the, I wrote That's Not Joel, but then I recorded it uh, in, in his studio. Not the studio he's in now, but the one that he had before. I had that experience and then he played at sappy the next year or a year later something maybe a couple years later and i saw him playing and was just like 
you know, like I was just watching him play guitar and, and singing and stuff on stage. And I was thinking like, I know this guy I've recorded with him and we're friendly, mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah. friendly. And he wants to work with me. Well, maybe he hadn't said that exactly. No, no, he had said that. We'd yeah. been chatting on the phone and he said, so he said, I love Transistor Sister, but I would love to hear like a bit more of a hi-fi Jimmy record. <laughs> yeah, so I was watching Joel play this guitar solo and I was just like, you know, I know this guy and he wants to work with me and we're both alive right now and I should just do it. Yeah. So then I I talked to him after, not after the show, I think I might have called him like a couple weeks later or something and said, I want to do it and I want to figure out how to do it right you know so and then i Mm -hmm. came up with this plan where i would tour with this band human music to out to sappy and then immediately after sappy we'll drive out to nova scotia and we'll just lay down the record in like a day or two because we'll have been touring it all the way out so i toured out with adrian teacher and the subs Mm. and human music and we did a sort of extensive uh southern ontario and quebec tour out to the maritime we recorded it i think we tracked it in a day or two and then mixed it in two days yeah i think it was four days total for that one finished (laughs) completely figured the way that i've always pictured it and i think and i pitched this idea to joel too is it's like i'm elvis costello and he's nick lowe (laughs) so i was even thinking of that when i wrote the record I was like trying to have, I wasn't trying to sound like Elvis Costello. And I don't no. even, and when I like the sort of rawness of some of those early Elvis Costello records, yeah. I wanted that and human music. Get happy. There. Yeah. 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 Tell cool. us about human music since we're there. Okay. Uh, Jory Hasselman, mm-hmm. uh, who's not, I don't think he's doing much right now. And then this amazing uh, uh, musician and visual artist, uh, Mary France Hollier and Cole Woods, the three of them were human music. And they played as the band on um, Field of Trampolines, but they also toured with me extensively for a number of years as my back backing band. Yeah. And now Cole, Cole is one of the most talented people I've ever uh, met. So I think it's really cool that he's a band in a band with Josh. And I think it's I'm gonna be so really, really excited. Cool. Excellent. Up next, Transistor Sister, the big, oh yeah, the big you changed break. Well, I mean, it's the biggest one that it appears to be the biggest album you've ever done. Why is that? What's bigger about it? Collaboration's pretty big. Maybe there's. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the tracks here. <sighs> I mean, you you might have an idea. And, and of course, this Got is a subjective on critical songs on it. Yeah. Susie, hit, late hit, last hit, year, hit, Paper hit, Planes, hit, King, Hit, Hit. Yeah. Confidence Lodge, hit, Fun, hit, hit, Too hit, Many Flowers. Yeah, hit, it's just stereo in hit. the stove. <laughs> hit. <laughs> it's a, yeah, so that's it. And it's, it's, you know, it's similar right. to Still Jimmy or uh, The Onlys, where you're, you're bringing back a bunch of, or at least a couple, and you're, you're doing that great thing that good songwriters do, in my mind, of bringing back their their hits. You know, this is the triumphant return of Jay Baird from Drummer. This is the first Shotgun Jimmy album that Jay comes back on. My high school saxophone teacher. Oh, 
reemerges as the bass player. So that's a huge move- movement there. Yeah. And then Ryan Peters, the drummer from Ladyhawk, plays drums on it. Mm. I think with this record, I was consciously thinking about community and collaboration with friends and thinking about what, like, I wanted to put myself in a situation where I was. Well, yeah, and Stereo with and my Stove, best friends. my favorite song on that album. I mean, if I had to have one, it really sums that, that feel up, too. Yeah, making something out of nothing. I did record a version of Stereo in the Stove on a comp for Out of Sound Yeah, I records. remember. Yeah, that blew us away. And that was... I recorded that for Adam from Status Non-Status. Adam Sturgeon. Cool, yeah. Yeah, so it was a fun record to make with my friends. And, and lots uh, of... Fred does play on that one, too. Fred comes in and plays... Came in for a night and played some some guitar on it a little bit he just played on uh, the haze i think <laughs> fuck yeah bud yeah yeah thematic connection there because that song was about oh, yeah. being in dawson city and being confused because of various reasons because of the haze emerge coming out of the haze and going like what mm-hmm. we were we had this time in dawson where fred Opened up a one of those, you know, those soft gig bag guitar cases. Yeah, I was looking at one and yesterday. He opened it up, and he reached into it and he pulled out a dress shirt on the hanger, <laughs> out of the guitar case, and went, "How'd that get in there?" And I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Whose shirt is that?" That's fucked up. And that's when we realized we were in the haze. Yeah, you're getting out of control. <laughs> we didn't know what where stuff was and how it got there, and yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Far out. That's the... That's the record. The reason why the writing on that record is so different than everything else, I think, is because I wrote it all on the road. Yeah. I was touring in Europe. I think in 2009, I did a huge European tour with The Burning Hell and with Construction and Destruction. And all the good things they uh, bring. Yeah. 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 And it was... What was that? Three months? Like the maximum time you're allowed to be in Europe? (laughs) Uh, we maxed out in, the visa uh, 11 yeah we played 11 countries or so or something like that yeah and, oh i saw uh, i remember seeing so some wrote, pics of you doing some solo sets out there yeah i was playing one person band over there for that yeah and i was playing bass with the burning hell yeah so i wrote all that record on the road mostly in europe so i was you know that's why there's the king of kreuzberg and stuff like that Right. Oh, and I wrote some of it when I went back the next summer, too, and did another Where is Kreuzberg? It's in Berlin. Okay. It's a great little... Uh, it's kind of like... It's just an awesome neighborhood in Berlin. I was going to try and compare it to some, to another like a place in Halifax, but I couldn't couldn't do it. Couldn't come up with the right... Too it's kind of like Pizza's Corners. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of actually... Berlin's like, Pizza Kreuzberg Corner. Kreuzberg is kind of... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, too many flowers. That's like, what is there? A trilogy or more songs about flowers? Not VHS that has flowers in the title. Oh yeah, flower from yesterday. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I think summer sound from the onlys is also kind of a flower song, even though it's called summer sound. Yeah, but um, all right, yeah, swamp magic. So lots of Sackville love. Lots of greatest hit. What late last year uh, when you first 
uh, stop making sense. Late last year's about duckies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to give a little behind the scenes uh, commentary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> oh man. The All old right. duckies, not the duckies you current. No, the duckies that are aware. The original duckies that the duckies I know. on Main Main Street, not Bridge Street. That's right. For all, for all you Sackville heads out there. Just a, di- just a different different, different time. Everything, everything. Uh, more wonderful collaborations. And I don't know this album as well as, as uh, the others. I, I think I fell off. Oh, man. you got to get in there. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, three, get two, one, on. two. That's uh, the Star Trek song. Yeah. It's not a Star Trek song, but I do sing about space in it. It's a space song. Skype date where you did the contest and actually yeah, did yeah. the Skype date. I wanted yeah, I, Skype date. With I think I entered that because it was, I always wanted to interview you and I thought, Oh, it was cool. I had someone in France win and someone in Australia and someone in Newfoundland. Wild. So it was fun. Like when I Skyped with the guys in France, they were, it was the afternoon. What was it for me? The time change was s- such that they were dr- pre-drinking before they went out. Mm. And by pre-drinking, I mean they were drinking wine or something like that because they were about to go out for supper together. Um, it wasn't like a frat party or anything. And then, well, they were, but they were celebrating because they knew I was going to play. Like it was kind of like a, it was before the pandemic but it was like an early version of the house concert over Skype or over yeah. the internet. Yeah, it was it was and, it uh, was a innovative move for on your part. I would. It I was would fun, just and then I, a little smoke. I re- well, I remember uh, I had some whiskey or something in the house. So <laughs> then they were like, "We have to." You they're like, "You have to cheer us." Yeah, you gotta have a shot, Jimmy. I you think know? you posted it. So I was like, "Oh yeah." So then I went and got like. Yeah some whiskey or some scotch or something and then it just ruined my day you know <laughs> then you got like a little bit of a buzz on yeah. the kind that roller coaster. you gotta either maintain or it's gonna be a headache and i, I couldn't just like I, really, I think it was morning because yeah. of the time change it was morning for me so i was like i'm not gonna keep drinking whiskey all day so it just turned into a bad headache <laughs> well yeah. that's fun but that's a <laughs> that's a piece of piece of the pie right there that's cool oh yeah and but that record I made, I that's one that's one of those records. It's like that classic indie trope where I rented a cabin in yep. the remote wilderness. Yeah, and they I got the all this, collage on there. Gear. Yeah, and I went in and I and I lived. I really lived the dream making that record because I was writing it and recording it yeah. all in this cabin. And uh, I was taking my time and I was chopping wood. Yeah, you look and, like you were uh, fucking really going for it yeah yeah i was a real like woodsman uh heartfelt singer songwriter guy living in the wilderness Mm -hmm. uh, by myself like really quite isolated and uh going for walks on it's one of my favorites i like that one yeah i do like that part of my life too i loved being out in the woods and working on that record adventure in the hearts a fucking banger yeah really sweet sing along a bridge stage that's the one julie sings on right right cool i have a fairly autobiographical approach to it all all right where are we going next next transistor sister number two that okay so from we're just bouncing back and forth pretty much yeah 
So same players, Jay yeah. Baird and Ryan Peters. Feature again. from Chad Van Galen. Chad. Oh yeah, Chad. I asked him to do Jose, something on it, maybe, and he did a little. Yeah, Jose Contreras produced it and uh, ended up playing on it. I knew he was going to, so when I was figuring it out the whole session, I was like, okay, well, here's, I'm going to pay you this much. Like, we figured out what his studio fee was and producer fee or whatever. He was doing the, give me a real friend deal. He actually said he'd do it for free, mm. like, out of, out, out of the hop. Kind of <laughs> like Joel. Really? Uh, saying, like, you know, I want to make a record for you. Jose said the same thing. He was like, come to Toronto. I'll make you a record for free. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Cause I think that, you know, musicians yeah. and artists need to, we need to pay each other and yep. value each other properly to like, I learned keep. that from Chuck Austin. Nice. So I, so when, so I believe that so much so that when I was, um, when we started the project and we were agreeing on how it was going to all work, I said, I've also got, an artist fee for you in the budget, even though he was just the producer. And I was like, cause I know you're going to, at some point you're going to end up playing on this thing. Yeah. And he was like, ha ha ha. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. then I hate, yeah. So I hit, he had the artist fee too. And then he, not only did he end up playing on it, then he ended up uh, sort of pl playing in the live band too, because of what he was doing was so integral. His vibes were so integral hmm. when we, we're going to tour that record. We were like, we can't really do it without Jose. So no, he's so cool. He came and he opened the shows. He opened most of the shows doing a solo thing. And then, and, uh, since we're on Jose, um, was your, the duo thing you did? Heat death, the heat death, the heat death. Now for any of the, if anyone is listening to this and you are interested in what I've done, but you haven't heard the heat wave, the heat <laughs> wave, no, the heat death. Oh, you got to <laughs> get in there. Check out it's the video. The it'll it'll fucking floor you, man. It's just, it's so intimate oh, and the, true. You guys pushing video, each the, other around the in the really shopping carts yeah, in yeah. black and mark, <laughs> yeah, white. Yeah. Come yeah, on, that good one. that's like for me. Oh my fuck, man. I'm okay. already there, sunshine. Yeah, so check out the you. heat death. We're gonna do more heat death. Good. I was um, hoping, we talk so. about it all the time. Uh, By Divine Right, Jose's other band, yep. just put out an incredible record, Auto Mato. It's such a good feel. Yeah, so now Jose is one of my deepest and closest uh, musical collaborators. So yeah, we made Transistor Sister 2. Ryan and Jay came back out again. Yeah. And uh, played on that one and toured that one. And we also have Aaron Goldstein come out, who I met from playing in Hamilton and I remember I introduced Aaron Goldstein to the Dan Romano crew oh. and he ended up uh, playing on quite a few Dan records and touring with Aaron uh, is like the wizard on the lap steel. So he played and then also at the same time as Ryan too. So Ryan also played drums in the Dan Romano band for a while for about a year, I think. So Ryan Peters from Vancouver was in Toronto working on this record and Aaron lives in Toronto. So it was kind of cool to get those two guys together. Cause they're tight. Yeah. Hanging out uh, while we were recording this record, but, but Goldstein just came in for a day. He's such a pro. He just one taked everything. Well, maybe two taked one song, but he was mostly one take. And, and my, I was just like, try and sound like Magnolia electric company album 
yeah slide guitar and he and he knows like that's all i had to say to him like mm. make it sound like that do that kind of stuff open yeah and just open up it. the world so that's all and yeah that one slappy so slogans cool all the time new sincerity Slappy slogans i wrote for for john k sampson i know it sounds like it's a sappy reference but it's actually a weaker than's reference okay because he has uh confessions of a futon activist no it's not what it's called it's something <laughs> like that yeah it sounds kind of like that i can't remember what it's name it's a, from the first weaker than's record fountain and and he sings one day sappy slogans will all come true oh and uh i thought of it like i knew that song after i knew about what my version of what sappy slogans are like sappy fest slogans but then i sort of fell in love with the weaker lands i actually fell in love with the weaker lands when i was i was listening to them a lot too um when i was when i was uh writing everything everything because i toured with john mm. I, pl- I played um on a couple of his solo records and then i toured in his band and did a european tour and a north american tour playing as like a lead guitar player which is a strange thing for me because i'm not i am a guitar player i love playing guitar yeah you like to take the back seat I'm not, on that yeah, I'm not like a showman, you know, riffer. Yeah. Mm. I just play what I hear, you know? Yeah, you just, just go, wham, 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 wham. Yeah. Yeah. I just dig into the mistakes. That's my style. Jangle pop. Branch. Yeah, so, but I've, you know, I've loved playing on John's records. And then his wife, Christine Fellows, um, who I mentioned earlier from yeah. Planet Sappy, I played on one of her records. That's, that Sappy Slogans was a song I wrote for John about it was about like undergrad getting an undergraduate degree because john on the re- the first record of his that i played on he had a song called uh when i write my master's thesis or it might have been just called master's thesis or something like that and it was kind of uh his version of uh when i paint my masterpiece that dylan song that he wrote with the band so then john wrote when i write my master's thesis and then i wrote this song kind of like not about, not related to Dylan, but related to John. So it's like the third, three three steps away from the Dylan song. But then it was about uh, someone doing their undergraduate degree. That's cool. And I wrote a song for Christine too on that record. I wrote a song for both of them. Hers is called um, Tumbleweed. Yeah. And it's just a, it's one of the most fierce banger songs that I've ever written. Two back to bangers. Two or three back to back on that. Blues riffs, tumbleweed, and then hot pots. Oh man, I see. That's the one I thought Chad was going to do something on. Because when I asked him to play on the record, I sent him out all the stems, and he and I was like, "You should do something on this one." Because I felt like it was kind of a had a bit of a Chad vibe, but he was into cool all the time. Yeah, well, it's cool. It's cool to be cool all the time. Um, VHS EP. Yes, yeah, just seems deeply personal, and you've got the. You've got the VHS on YouTube, so um, you know it's kind of all there in the sound in the thing. I'm assuming it's about your kid or so, something like that. Some of it, anyways. Go yeah, on. yeah. Some of it is. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about yeah. whatever you want. Well, I met this guy, Landon. He's the guy who uh, filmed it, Little Jack Films. Yeah. I met Landon. Uh, he came out to Brandon, and he's he's making this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in Saskatoon. He's making this vi- this move full length feature length movie about um, 
like the Western Canadian country music uh, climate and scene. Go on. So he reached out to me, he said, like, I know you're not a country musician, but, you know, you kind of fit in in some ways. And I know you're not really from out here, but you live here. So do you want to do this sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So he came out and he made a recording of me playing in my studio and singing on the street and stuff out here in Brandon. And then then we, then we, I just became friends with him. I think he's a cool guy. And he really thinks of what he does as art, like as a video maker. He just thinks of it simply as I'm making art. And he thinks that what I'm doing by playing music or whatever I'm doing, that it's art. So when yeah, I talk to him, we just talk about art. It's a trippy ass art at that. Yeah, and I and I like that. I like that a lot. I like I like having a friend that d- is not interested in complicating um, the creative process in any way. They just want to get to the really important stuff, not how to describe what we're doing, but and the doing part of it. You really do not get the to the fucking important stuff much. on this EP too. Like, yeah. So then, so I knew that he had these old tape recorders that sounded great. These yeah. cassette tape recorders, and I knew he had all these video cameras. So I. I I pitched the idea to him like we make a record but the whole record you videotape it being made and it's made live and it's only on these analog cassette recorders and uh and I was on tour opening for Thrush Hermit which was a real Whoa. uh dream come true. I opened for Thrush Hermit at um Amigos which is just super epic, super fun night and then the next day I went to this house that his friend had been living in, but was moving out of, uh, so it was empty. There was, there was nothing in it, and uh, which is kind of great. It made it feel like haunted because there was sort of it was still like there were dirty dishes in the sink, but all the furniture was gone. It was just this weird, weird situation to be in this house. But the acoustics, because of it, it was really bright, and because uh, it was empty, it sounded really great. Yeah, and uh, we recorded it with tape players. And I sang, yeah, I sang a couple B-sides that didn't make it on Transistor Sister 2. Yeah, Ablutions um, did, though. Yeah, like Ablutions the, made it make an instrumental appearance on it. And we recorded the version of it with words for the record, but it didn't end up on it. So it's kind of fun to reveal it afterwards on the EP. And, um, oh, Solar Powered Flowers, another song about flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that one, two flower songs on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then A Flower from Yesterday is about my son Towns. So I am a country western guy because I named my son Towns. Or no my way. Wife and I did. Do you, uh, yeah, and. No way. Okay. I love Towns yeah, too. Yeah, Little Towns. Yeah. Cool. And uh, there's another one about Towns. And there's a couple. Actually, Ablutions is about Towns too. It's like telling them how to not be, a, how to grow up to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Never be yeah. an asshole. That EP so special to me because, I don't know, you just have this way. The things that you write about and really seem to align with how I feel sometimes. Oh, man. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Thanks. I'm really happy with that one, and I'm glad that it's that we made it the way we did with it being super live. Um, not, there's just not a lot of control. Not being able to there's no mixing ability. Jose Contreras came in at the end and I gave him the recordings because yeah. we used a couple tape recorders in the room. Yeah. One that was like closer to me and one that was further away. And then I just went like here. And then 
I don't even know. Maybe I had audio from one of the cameras. No, I didn't. It was just those analog cassette recorders. Mm -hmm. And I gave it to Jose and said, like, I don't know how to make this. Like, does this sound good? Or what can we do with it? And so he he really did a lot of magic and, and made it sound the way that it does. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a cool record. And I'm really happy with that because I do, you know, like on Everything Everything, I used a lot of uh, analog cassette too and then in i also have a visual arts practice where i make a lot of uh, yeah you just like graduated did you? and stuff no. yeah no. i just got my master's congrats and i do i thanks yeah and i use a lot of uh cassette and uh tape and reel to reels and stuff with installations and because it, it is such a big part of what i do uh for making albums and making records and i was just happy to make that record so simple and make it on a cassette player and because like one of my favorite um musicians daniel johnston he i don't know like six records were all just a cassette player yeah i've watched the devil and daniel johnston yeah you know when he's got the barbells with the t tape recorder yep. t attached to it in the garage that's like <laughs> So that's basically, that's the technology we were dealing with. Cool. And and a big part of that is because of him, you know, to know that he can make records that sound awesome and that are, you know, have so much um, yeah. significance See, that I was just mm -hmm. like, I, I want to try that too. And I, and that's what, sort of how I came into playing music. Like, yeah, so I love that uh, technology and I'm glad that I got to make something and that you've changed, that I have support from the label to just do whatever I want and that they still put it out there, you know, and, and that I get the same kind of... It gets the same treatment. Paint it pink. You, uh, I hadn't seen you for a couple, of, and I went down to Gus one night and and saw you and BA and bought the Paint it Pink EP. Nice. Just a crazy fucking, another crazy one for me. Uh, it's not as devastating as VHS, but it's just as sweet. It's got those. It's funny the EPs are are the ones that res resonated the most with you and it just is that it was just one of those all-time best show memories and anyway, i'm gonna stop awesome. before you tell me all about so it so that's another one that so it's another ep and it's also all cassette but i did that one on a four track yeah. four track recorder same i used the same recorder that we recorded uh, dawson town recordings on oh and sackville maybe sackville classics for some maybe not i don't know if that was done digitally or if that was on four track cassette but it's a four-track cassette record. Yeah, I recorded that one in my parents' basement. I was on tour. had a few days off, like maybe a week. Or no, I had as many days as there are songs. Because I, I went to the local Long and McQuaid and I rented um, one nice microphone, uh, a snare drum, cymbal, and a kick pedal. Yeah. And then I took that stuff back to the house and uh, to my parents' basement. And then I had my guitar... I had my electric guitar because I was on tour and they had like an old acoustic couple. They had a nylon string and something else in the basement left over from when I was in high school. And I had a bunch of stuff down there. Took, uh, I used a cardboard box as the bass drum <laughs> and just had the foot pedal near it. Cool. And uh, But I used the real... I bought a set of drumsticks. I remember feeling like, ugh, this is expensive. This, rec mm. this recording's getting expensive. Yeah. <laughs> because I dropped uh <laughs> seven bucks on a pair of seven a's or whatever <laughs> and uh vic firths yeah. yeah and then i had this thing that i bought from um like a dollar store that was a headset that you would put on like a madonna singing on stage <laughs> headset 
or like Garth Brooks, where it has this thing that goes out in front of your face and then the little ball that goes in front of your mouth. Perfect. And then it goes down to a little, um, a speaker that you could put on your, you could put on your belt that would go on your belt strap. So on that record, there's a lot of me singing through that too to get like if the vocals sound distorted on that record it's because i'm singing through this dollar store like kid it's for kids like a kid's toy thing and i also used a nintendo ds i programmed all the beats for that song on the ds and then i used it as like instead of a click track yeah i put them down on, on a track on the four track to play along and i was using the court there's this awesome korg for the DS, Chad showed me it. Mm. It's like a Korg um, game that turns your, it turns it into one of those, um, the core, the that keyboard that has all the cables that come out of the front of it. Yeah, I, uh, it turns turns your your DS, your Nintendo DS, into a synthesizer, to an analog synthesizer. But it's digital. Yeah. But it get, but you have the capabilities of controlling it all in the same way. And there's a a sequencer. So I was using the sequencer. And this thing to sort of make bed tracks and then I record I didn't that that Korg thing doesn't appear on the album anywhere. I just used it as like um But the reason why I made that so I made that record and then I didn't and I was on You've Changed. So that was two thousand and I didn't put it on You've Changed it. But I told those guys, like I said, I really love you guys and I'm proud to be on this label mm. but I wanna try I wanna put something out on Just Friends because I think that because I really was into the Just Barely's and into BA, some sort of connection yeah. to like the Halifax scene. Matt and Dave, yeah, yeah. So Matt, Matt is the one that put it out. Like he's the one that said sure. So I wrote Matt, and then so that EP is now it's available digitally, I believe, through You've Changed, but the physical copy of it, the original version, was uh, on Just just friends and matt made the video for one trick pony and we did it we went to my favorite uh, breakfast joint in uh, halifax uh, it was like a pro was called like acropolis or uh it had like a greek or roman name oh uh athens no athens athens yeah i think you're right athens diner or something like that and they had the best home fries they were like totally thin, lemon home fries thin, right yeah, yeah, like it was like a thin layer of potato that had this r- red powder on it and tasted lemony, sort of. Oh, my God. Ugh. Amazing. Yeah, so one time we went in there, <laughs> and the lady was like, she came up to us and was just like, bacon and egg? And we were like, what? The first time we went in there, she came up to the counter, up to the table and went, Bacon. And, we were on tour, and she's like, "Bacon and egg." Ba's like, "No, I'll take the Western sandwich." No, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, it was Fred and I, and we were like, "What?" Oh. And she was like, "Bacon and egg," and and then we were like, "Uh, no." And she was like, "Bacon and egg," and we were like, "Sure, sure." sure. So then she just disappears. She comes back. She brings us coffees. There was no discussion of coffees. We wanted coffees. We thought it was awesome. And then she brings us our breakfast, and it wasn't. It was because Fred would always get um, white toast and I would always get whole wheat toast. Like we had, there were things about breakfast that we cared about. Yeah. And she brought them to us exactly the way we wanted. Oh, oh. like he got the white bread. I had the whole wheat bread. I didn't have bacon. I had tomato, but she just, all she would say to us was bacon and egg. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we were like, I guess so. I was vegetarian. I was like, I, okay. Sure. It, came out, it all came out right anyways. And that, so from that moment on, from that moment forth, we were very loyal to the Athens Diner. And I apologize for forgetting the name of it. That's the Paint and Pinky P. And then John Clater, as you mentioned, who mm. did the art on Julie Records. He did the cover of that one. Yeah, and that's just such a beautiful painting. I have a new one, Love Songs to End Colonization. It's this band, it's called Peter and Jimmy, and it's me and my friend Peter Morin. Wow. And uh, it's a karaoke album. All of the songs, I didn't write any of them, but I recorded them all Whoa. Uh, in my studio here. And they sound, it sounds like the Shotgun Jimmy version of The First Cut is the Deepest, or Whoa. What's Love Got to Do With It. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's... Uh, Hello, Darlin', which is a Conway Twitty song, but Songs oh. Ohio also did it. And then there's a Florence in the Machine song, and well, uh, yeah, that's it cool. Ends, it ends with some ACDC, but it so this is like a double record, um, double vinyl. The first half is Peter and I singing the songs karaoke style, and then the second half are uh, just the instrumental tracks. So Whoa. you can sing along at Just home. And then when you sing, if you sing and you add your voice to this project, then you become one of the love songs to end colonization. Can't wait. And then we'll, if you're wondering like how these love songs will end colonization, we'll tell you about it at the concert. Peter will tell you all about it. He's this heavy um, Talatan artist uh, from, out, from out in BC who, uh, he lives in Toronto now. He works at OCAD. But he's a performance artist, and Whoa. we have this performance project together where we um, do these karaoke parties. Heck yeah. Okay, I'm going to hit stop on the recording. Me too. <laughs> That's it. All right. Until next time, I'm Matt Rockwell, and you're not. Peace. <laughs>